until you have been victimized or exported by this prisoner, please contact customer service at 855-466-4666. All subject matter in the preceding podcast is entirely alleged and not admissible in a court of law. A recklessly minimal effort has been taken to change the names and details of any guilty parties. And just in case you rat bastards get any ideas, the hosts of this podcast are notorious and well-documented liars with no legally admissible credibility. This is Mama C, and you're listening to Notes from the Pin Podcast. Welcome to prison, bitch. Greetings from the prison industrial complex. You're listening to the Notes from the Pin Podcast. I am the captain of this wayward ghost ship, Freddie Schnertz. Of course, I have along with me in the... Yes, of course, I have with me our favorite convict. Oh, that's not very loud, is it? Uh, Don't do it. Don't let you rip my shirt off out here. Chino, also known as the smartest guy in the room. What's up, Bobby? <laughs> the smartest guy in the room in an empty garage. What's happening? Yeah, we're uh, we're just right up against the wall with time-wise. We just got our one-minute warning. The producer's flashing a light at us, and uh, we're going to have to do a, a... Thank you for using GTL. Ooh, on a better phone. All right, good. Can you hear me a little bit better now? Can't hear you much better right now. Do you need any of this, or do you need a shot in the arm? No, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. We're on a little... I love that one. Yeah, I love them. Yeah, I caught the 30 for 30 the other night right after we were talking about it and made the neighbor kid watch it. Uh, he had no idea. Blow mind blown apart by... Uh, he has the Ric Flair drip song with Offset and Tony on Savage. We didn't know, really know about Ric Flair's swag, and uh, blew his mind, made him watch it. So, yeah, so we're uh, on limited time here. We we need to knock one out for our extended family, the Pebbles and the viewers out there. Yeah, and we don't have any real heavy topics for today. we got some viewer questions, and then we got some some notes from the pen. I don't know, what would you say, uh, news, updates, current events? Yeah, related news. Yeah, Um, so... First news would be, uh, and you were telling me a little bit about this, but I guess uh, most of our viewers would probably know that you've been on uh, doing a lot of Doug's podcast with them too lately, and uh, and you were on again. You recorded last night with them, and Michael Bean was on there. Now, of course, our listeners, yeah, our listeners would remember from uh, I think it was our last podcast that. Um, we weren't exactly beefed out with the guy. It's just, uh, you know, if, if you're going to take a shot at my man Bobby, you got to know that, you know, there's going to be some shots coming back. That, that's, you know, it's kind of simple. Um, and, but you guys hashed it all out, and it was, um, you know, it was fun and awesome. Yeah, it, came, it went off really well. You know, threading the needle as far like, I don't know what the term is, but... You know, me and you are, are pricks like this. I won't even say you. I'm a prick like this. That uh, I don't know the term uh, competitive conversationalist, or I, I don't know, you know. It's weird because one of the things that me and you, and I think why we were into talk radio and podcasting and stand-up comedy and stuff like that, 
is because of the art of oration, you know, orating and telling stories or talking or one-liners or whatever, you know, th- that's our thing. And so when old Johnny Ringo, I heard only, only secondhand, I'd never, I didn't hear what he actually said, that he would take in shots. It was a part of me that got all giddy, like, ooh, I get to play, and there's material here, and I get to play, you know, the games I like to play, which is like shooting shots, which is what I do all day here when I'm not uh, visiting the viewers and stuff, is talking shit to the, to the homeboys around and uh, making fun of each other, and, you know, we go way back, that's all we did, so got all excited about that. And, uh, you know, Doug knew that I was, uh, I kind of mentioned to him, with the zero... Uh, um, thought that he would go and actually listen to it. That when I talked to him after, after we uh, recorded the, the last episode, that has me taking shots at old Michael Bean backhandedly, like couched in compliments, like "Oh, I love the guy," and then boom, fire a shot. And uh, I guess he went back and was like, "Ooh," and, and listened, and, and Michael Bean listened, and so he set it up. I don't know if it was coincidentally. I don't think it was, but when I was to, when I called yesterday on our scheduled days to record, he's like, "He's going to be here. Michael Bean's going to be here." So uh, we had our chance to uh, circle around each other, like old uh, who Doc Holliday and Johnny Ringo, and uh, you know, it went. It, it was it was a good little uh, it was a good little um, appearance or, or talk we had, and it was fun. And uh, we made up, but not without taking shots at each other. And I got a few good digs in and. You know he's he's all right, man. He grew up too beautiful, too uh, too too handsome, too attractive to really be super snappy and witty and and all that stuff. But you know, though for an actor, for an aging actor, you know he's he's all right, man. So we ended it all, everything good. Uh, stand by, stand down, skillet, and uh, the rest <laughs> of the fellows out there. <laughs> it's all good and. Uh, yeah, we finally got old Stanhope to definitely listen to a full episode. All I had to do was insult one of his friends over a podcast. Yeah, so, yeah. I think we can quit podcasting now. Doug actually listened to one. That's uh, that's pretty yeah. cool. Speaking of quitting, we might be forced out eventually, <laughs> or the attempt maybe made. Um, without going too much, we can't really get fully into it out of respect for like the conversation had. But just say, you know, we've had a lot of questions from like Ashley Bell or, or other people about, well, do you think they listen? And we always assume they did. And, um, uh, well, we they jumped, they jumped in on the Mama C episode, like, you know. yeah. Yeah. And said, one of you has to hang up. But we didn't know how in depth it's been made clear that there has been some perusing. They are aware, um, the big wigs, quite possibly in Lansing, um, are aware. Gratefully so, but also a little bit to my chagrin, it seems to be um, a hornet's nest they're not really willing to kick right now because there's no real reason to. You know, our what they would what they would hope wouldn't be revealed or, or focused on on here happens to be the things based on a different morality, the one of like silence and and keeping a lid on things for our own reasons because old fucking chair bear and me are convicts. Um, happens to uh, line up. So it's basically like, well, you know, we haven't been throwing them under the bus and, and they kind of just want to leave it at that. But I've yeah, already but... probably said too much. They, they they know we still seem to be on the, you know, they can't shut you and your show down. You know what I mean? They can fuck me over and they haven't, they have, we haven't given them enough reason to do any of that. So 
we're appreciative of that. Right, but I think it was probably smart of you to sort of, you know, when we first started doing this, and I was kind of like, well, what do you think we should talk about, or what should we not talk about? What do you, you know, and and even if I ask you a viewer questions, there's sometimes where you're like, whoa, man, uh, yeah, I am not talking uh, about that, and I, you know, and then me and the rest of the viewers like, oh shit, yeah, that's some something we we probably shouldn't talk about. That could get us in trouble. Yeah, which is fair that the questions lean that way, but uh, it's I guess it's on me at the end of the day to be the, the have the last say on what makes it through, you know. But yeah, yeah, it's just uh, we need that out there, and that's a that's a part of uh, getting awareness out, and especially being able to uh, use use what I think is the most powerful thing about this connection to the outside world. And maybe it wasn't my intention fully or I wasn't appreciative of it, is the, um, I think the biggest thing that we've managed to do, because we didn't set out like, we're going to change the prison system. Um, that's like much too big. We were kind of like, well, these are two childhood friends reconnecting, and this is interesting, and this is like a real-time documentary, you know, not formatted, but subject matter of like how that stuff unfolds. And one of the things that's really surprised me and inspired me because I'll get this a lot from people on JPay or or, the, or um, in, in actual snail mail or, or Twitter or whatever. They'll say, "What can I do for prison reform?" And I'm usually like, "I don't, I don't exact. You, I don't know. You guys have Google. I'm sure you guys could find something that um, a place to. Uh, I'm sorry. There's like a lot of chaos and yelling going on behind me. I don't know if you can hear it. But I, I, I don't really know what to say, and, and I sat down on the idea and was like, well, prisoner, well, the thing that seems to be have been most effective that, that really needs to happen is, like, changing people's minds about about who's in here and why they're in here and what purpose prison serves. And I think without sitting down and lecturing people, you get it in through the back door, which is hopefully they see they can get to know a convict or an inmate as a human being through, like, conversation and, and relate to them and then start to think, like, oh, shit, there are people in there and, and starts to broaden their highest horizons and they start to see things a little more clearly. And it's important that they do that and um, they, they serve a purpose for doing that as, as well as we do. And and I've been uh, really surprised by some of the people that were, like, right-wing Republicans, upper-crust types that have... Uh, you you had a buddy who was like the first one. Um, I'm not saying he was that tight, but to be like, man, I I thought all inmates were pieces of shit until I listened to the, to, to the show and heard you guys talk. And you know, I've had a bunch of that, and that's really a powerful that this can do that. And I think the secret is just seeing us as human beings. And that's you know, shout out to your hustle, and we're doing it just in our own way. Yeah, it's uh, w- think about this. What what if what if there's some uh. I don't know, 20 something year old listening to us that uh, grows up and becomes a, you know, a state representative or, or a, a state Senator or a mayor or, or a sheriff or, you know, judge, state prosecutor. Anyway. Right. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're all, we're really trying to do, listen, uh, prison reform, we're going to always talk about it, but there's some macro issues that we're probably just always going to be too small to handle. But if we can, if we can insert a little bit of humanity, you know, if we can draw the picture of humanity in a place bereft of anything, of all types of humanity. I mean, look at how they had to get treated during the COVID crisis. Look at pizza, corn, and lettuce on every, the food, the everything. 
then we feel like we're we're helping, you know. So yeah, hearts and minds. Yeah, if we can, if we can just, I mean, even Joey uh, screws up some stuff, but I mean, he makes you laugh, so that makes me like him, you know, because he's like, because it's like, okay, our favorite convict is laughing because of Joey, so we like Joey. Neck was great the other day. We're getting a lot of people. Go ahead. Oh, love him, love him. No, I think that that's the um, that's the that's the secret stash or the secret door, the secret route to get into people's hearts is is to make them laugh or to share humor is like the, is like the thing that and and that that like seals it all together. And I think it's one of the best tools to go. Well, if I can laugh with this guy and at the same things as this guy and even at this guy, then I see him as a human um, more than just a statistic or this character and so when you bring up like the prison reform thing and to bring it back around i guess you know when i was thinking about what to do and we're such we're too cynical for our own goods a lot of our own good a lot of times to where we don't even really want to ask for help promoting this thing i do over like jay paid to the to the pebbles because it's been a big thing for you for this show to uh be like grassroots and to spread around but you know i think one of the there's always been, we've always been reticent to be like, hey, hey, we need more of this and we need more of that and we need your help doing this and doing that. But uh, when it blended naturally and genuinely with prison, I, I really think that one of the best things for the product we put out, we're not lawyers, we're not legal beagles, we're not organizing protests or anything like that. We're friends that are going through this experience and we're telling our story. And that is our lane. It's for other people to take it and, and do what they're going to do with it. But one of the powers that we've had that's been really surprising is reaching people that normally, you know, I have people writing me, even family members that I haven't talked to other family members in years, like cousins and my mom's sisters and stuff, that say, um, man, like my cousins, like, man, my mom wants to talk about prison reform. Like, what universe are we in? And that's all just from you know, the, the relatability. So when people ask me about what can I do, I genuinely mean this, that changing hearts and minds is the first thing to do. And that's, that's in sync or in step with the product we produce. And you don't have to go protest or even though all those things are great, if you want to do that, literally helping us share this thing to as many people as possible. You have one minute remaining. That really is uh, um, you taking part and, and you helping and doing your own thing for prison reform. And that doesn't mean shoving it down people's throat. You guys know people out there that might relate to this. Or even maybe if you're debating someone and, and you think they're wrong about the preconceived notions they have, turn them on to this thing. Help us spread this thing around. You guys have been doing great. But uh, I think that that's a big thing is to make everyone feel like they know someone in prison. And then we can start talking about uh, um, leaning on the politics and the decision makers and stuff like that. Yeah, and not only that, I'm a, a scumbag, sorta, and an alcoholic, and you know what I mean. When when you look at, I I just I always feel like, oh, Bobby uh, had uh, addiction issues. I had addiction issues with Bobby. Uh, Bobby had more depression issues, but the whole, you know, the amount of people that are in prison because of substance abuse issues is is loony. And so when you think, oh shit, you thank uh, you for using GTL. Yeah. So what we're getting at, or what I was getting at mainly, is everybody knows somebody with a substance abuse problem. And and when you when you make the connection, holy shit, my uncle, my brother, my sister, my whoever 
has a substance abuse problem and could very well wind up in prison, then it's like, oh, wow, we're not, we're not fixing anybody by doing this. We're not, we're doing kind of a disservice to society. I, I don't know. You actually bring up a good point, and I, and I don't know if it's a like secondary, uh, secondary point, but so addiction is like a good example of how once, it's, once, once you can stop the demonization of it, and the characterization of it actually look at real people. And like you said, most people know an addict. Then it becomes, oh, it's harder to to just say throw them all in prison because your dad is, your brother is, or you are. You know what I mean? Someone you know is. And that's one of the things that still allows, I think, some of the failings of prison systems throughout the country to continue is that people don't know enough. So the, the, the mental demonization or characterizations they have in their head uh, about um, about convicts or people in prison is it, a sturdier one, and that starts to get torn down by people actually knowing them. And that's what, one of the things I think we hope that this could be. Maybe it wasn't our initial intention. And, um, you know, that that's something you guys can do out there that doesn't take a... You don't have to go make a bunch of signs and all that stuff, but you can find blogs and then put a link to this or just tell your friends or... or you know what I mean? Um in your own little way that that would be because you're all a part of this all the well, pebbles and viewers are all a part of this and that's you know that's been a big thing for us is including everyone and not having this be some distant thing you know but, uh, you're absolutely right mark that hmm. Hmm. so you want to get the list to viewer questions or you want to um we, we covered um Doug show yeah, we can we, we covered. Seems like we got off uh, with the other. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We're good. Uh, so yeah. So I got some yeah. listener questions. We got a listener question that I believe is from uh, viewer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're right. A viewer question okay. that I believe is from the Netherlands. Love it. A Nederlander. Uh, oh, and he. Well, right off the bat, we're gonna. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have started with this one. Uh, well, we'll start with this one. How has the visits uh, from friends and family before COVID handled? What are the rules? And is there also room or like a private room for like a wife or a girlfriend? Is there conjugal uh, visits that you hear about? I, I've always wanted to ask you that, but I always felt like, no, of course not. But, yeah, you know, people want to know. Well, see, this is interesting because I think the European – especially the Western European idea or approach to incarceration is very different. It's much more enlightened, much more modern, much more focused on rehabilitation, which we're, I think, in theory starting to make, have grumblings of trying to make that shift at some point. But they, uh, yeah, they're, they're much more progressive about it. So that, to them, that's not a ridiculous question. There, I think there are more than one. There's a couple states in, um, the American prison system that has conjugal visits, which is like the ultimate form of like positive reinforcement. You know what I mean? Of dangling a carrot. So oh, dangling a carrot so you can dangle your carrot. <laughs> you know, like it's a uh, definitely you're going to stay out of trouble. You're gonna, I don't know the rules, but I guarantee you have to be at least a year ticket free of any major infractions. And sometimes they'll play it on uh, Locked Up or one of those Nat Geo shows. And in California, I believe it's California or, or Massachusetts, somewhere, they have an actual, like, duplex house that's on the prison complex. And 
you get to go for the weekend. So the, your 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 wife, you have to be your wife, um, brings a, a couple grocery bags full of food. They search the food, and then you get a stove, a bedroom, which I'm sure you want to lice, bring a bunch of lice off to like and bleach to clean that thing down. But you stay the weekend, and you make food, and and you hang out, and you you get real human connection. And I guarantee you, those guys aren't getting into fights. They're not making slud juice. They're not fucking smoking. They're not giving up uh, 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 losing their opportunity to have a uh, physical, but also just close bonding connection and, and physical time with someone they love of the opposite sex. Those guys are not fighting. And if they had it here, you could call me a bitch right to my face. You could poke me in the forehead. As long as you weren't physically uh, um, putting my life at risk, you're going to get away with it, bud. You can call me a pussy all you want, but... I'll be in some later while you'll be. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Can you, Joe uh, always catching tickets or Blaze on uh, on you know permanent ticket yeah. status. Uh, all that shit would come to an end immediately if you could. You know, if you, what I get a weekend with with my wife and uh, it, there'd be dudes that don't have wives. that would be like, look, uh, <laughs> how do I get married yeah. from prison? Yeah. I might marry you just so you could come and hang out, watch uh, watch Major League. You know, and wherever it goes, it goes. We're not gonna set any parameters on it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's um, that would that would definitely be a a huge game changer. And people in my life know this, right? I I, I do a lot to maintain my mental well being and mental health and stuff like that. But there are, you know, I had uh, was talking to the to the 23-year-old the other day and was just in one of those little valleys and, and nothing specific, but it was just like, and the viewers have heard me say this before, but it was just like, damn, eight years, seven, going on eight years is a long time. And it's just, sometimes it's not like some dramatic thing. It's just like, Jesus, I just need a break. And I've said this verbatim, if you could just let me go home for a weekend and just reset and just get a little break and then come back, I'll do the rest of my and standing on my damn head like that I just need it's the monotony and it's the it's it's the relentless nature of this this place of the isolation of the same thing that really gets you and I'm sure that's like a rejuvenating amazing thing and obviously you don't give it to everyone you know if you're in there for sexual assault or, or aggression or stuff like that and you're especially if you're catching those tickets you don't get to go it's an earned thing and uh oh man that would be an amazing thing. They used to do furloughs, and if you if you ever talk to Mac again and have him on, how, they used to do furloughs and let people go home for the weekend. But of course, someone like killed someone when they went, so they got rid of the whole thing. And uh, you know, shit flows in one direction here, and it's it's rarely stuff getting better. It's shit getting worse. I can't wait to pick Mac's brain some more about uh, about what he's seen from from being down so long. You know the downward arc of how the presence is, you know, how it just can just always gets worse. You got to talk to him about food. He's obsessed with food and he'll tell you that's like his favorite thing to talk about. Um, he talks about food. Like everyone else talks about women. He just loves it. And he just, his, fantas his fantasies in the world always concern, uh, uh, revolve around food. And that's why we're planning on having a, a, a barbecue when uh, he gets out. I'm going to have a barbecue for him with the family and stuff. And didn't you yeah. tell me he's uh, he's chiseled, like he's obsessed with food, but my man's in his fifties and rocked up. 
Yeah, he's a big, like, uh, yeah, he's got a little six-pack on him, and he's, like, he's short and super stocky, big on traps and arms and, you know, good genetics, too, but he works out. You know, he didn't, he was never in the weight pit when I was there, either. He's got one of those naturally, like, wide builds and stuff, you know. I think it's yeah, flat. We got amazing uh, reviews and, and requests, and, and much love when Nick made his appearance. So we'll definitely have him back. Yeah, and just in case, I I feel like most everybody's already going to understand this. But just in case you're listening and you're like, what? Neck muscle is his nickname, or just neck, because he has monster trapezius muscles. So I, I why you would get nicknamed neck muscle instead of just called trap or traps. I don't know, but I'll never understand why you can't say tricep or try when you're working out your back arms in prison. But, uh, yeah. I mean, try, trap. It's one syllable. What do you, what do you need to, what, yeah, what, I, it's not, it's not meant for me to understand, I guess. Well, we touched a nerve. <laughs> so yeah, so that goes for the, um, and, and I think what else the Netherlander was asking was about visits. Um, it'd be nice to have uh, Mama C on here again at some point to talk to her experience from the outside because they, uh, they want you to shake your hair out. They want to frisk you, pat you down, make sure you're not, you know, take your hair down. Let me look at it under your nails, look at everything, take your shoes off, take your socks off, you know. And then when we're coming in, they shake us in on the way in, and then on the way out, they strip search us butt-ass naked to make sure we don't have anything. We're not bringing anything back. And... um that's demeaning. More, more fully dressed males have seen my asshole than is appropriate in life. You know what I mean? Just yeah. But every once in a while, you switch it up and you you uh, manscape form. No, you can. Yeah. <laughs> did we tell that? We yeah. Tell that our, yeah. I'll trim it up. And the one time I did it, and forgot. I also had may or may not have gotten a tattoo. And completely forgot that I had a visit, and it's a big, giant one on my stomach. And uh, my bunkie was like, you have a visit later today? And I was like, oh, shit. Actually, I think it was the day before. He's like, tomorrow. And I'm like, yeah, and? And he's like, look at your... I was like, oh, fuck. I called Mama C. Hey, I canceled that trip. I'll explain later. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Well, I'll just explain later. Come next week. Because <laughs> they'll see that when you're stripping out, you know? And be like, hey, what's that? Why is that fresh? By right. that bleeding. Right. So um, I think I should uh, mention this guy's name is uh, what I would think is Michael Wrinkle, uh, but they spell Michael a little bit different. So maybe, maybe it's Michel. Uh, I don't know. I'm not smart enough when it comes to the Dutch language. Oh, this really, is the guy that gave us our first bilingual like promotion and review. Uh, I haven't, I haven't checked. I haven't checked. Oh yeah. He's hollering at Mama C in, um, mm-hmm. in a, a foreign language here. Yeah. Uh, Mom, she speaks Dutch. Mama C replied to him in German, which just Europeans are just better. They're like, Oh yeah, I do speak. It's not that I don't speak German, but my English is better than my German, which is not as good as my Dutch. <laughs> huh. Right. And, and as in America, we're proud that we can order off a, a Mexican menu. We're like, donde esta el baño? Not just that. Nailed it. You can't understand. Northerners can't understand Southerners, and Southerners can't understand Northerners in our own tongue. Yeah, that's fair. He's I got another. Speak. 
he's got another question. I told him I would uh, ask, but it's probably one of these uh, dicier ones that I don't know. I don't know how far you want to get into it, so we could uh, well, shit. We'll just I'll cut it off if I have to. What's right, up? we'll we'll shit can it if we need to. Uh, he wants to know, and I I know a little background on this, but uh, I'll let you handle this. Are there illegal cell phones in jail? Or not? He says jail, but I know he means prison. Yeah, I don't want to talk about this. There's definitely not here. I ha- and that's not, that's in all honesty. There's definitely not here. And um, I haven't. I've heard tell of them. I've never really had access to any. And it's probably for the better. I do know that if you get popped with one, if you get caught with one, that's an it's a case. It's like an outside case. You get time added to your sentence. Um, because you get a case. Yeah, I believe you get, like smuggling charges. Well, I mean, that's what, that actually kind of makes sense in a way. You can't have guys in here, you know, a, 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 you know, a, not a decent amount, but there's plenty of guys in here with, you know, ch- that have been busted for child porn and are going to use it to victimize people. And, you know, mm-hmm. you can't, you can't, it's a dangerous thing to just have, un- to have us running around unfettered access to stuff in that way. And yeah, um, it is against sense. the law to... to to smuggle shit in here. You have one minute remaining. If you have that in here, I mean, I understand the desire and the need and the want of one, but I understand their side too, being like, yeah, you guys can't. And at some spots, which they're they're not here at all, so that's fine. I don't think they have it here, but I've heard that they ride around with these like little things that can detect like cell phone signals. So they'll ride around in a little golf cart, and then they'll be like, "Ooh, in there! Someone go in there!" And they'll go in there and shake the whole place down. And oh, and they would be able to determine, okay, uh, unit nine block somewhere inside yeah. unit nine block is a uh, is a cell phone. It's a signal coming. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay, I um, thank you for your uh, for your questions. I apologize if I'm butchering your first name. Uh. Dutch. What is it? Michael? Mikel? Michelle? You want to know how it's spelled, Bobby? We can get to that shit later. Yeah, I'll butcher it. I'm a good one. Thank you for using GTL. All right, so Bobby, we're back, and uh, we were bickering about how to pronounce a dude's name from Europe. Uh, We can probably uh, shelf that and get back to it uh, at a later date. I got two more questions for us, uh, viewer questions. And this is from a little bit different source. This is from uh, Instagram, which I don't really. Oh. I, I, don't, I don't. I mean, I have an Instagram account, but I'm not very active. I rarely flip it on. One of the things that really bothers me about Instagram is you have to have your device up and down. And I don't know why that irritates the shit out of me. I, I like looking at Twitter on my iPad with the iPad horizontal. And the fact that I have to make that fucker vertical. Ah, it just doesn't fit in my hand. I, I, stand I, by, I, I stand by Instagram. They want it a certain way. I don't really know what Instagram is. Um, one of the benefits of uh, having a 23-year-old uh, hold your hand through this technological world is that uh, the, I was on the phone with her, and then uh, by the end of it, I was like, do you think that you could maybe do that when you get it? She's like, it's done. I already, here it is. Oh, here you got a couple of files. I was like, okay, well. So, yeah, our first uh, viewer question via IG. Um, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and something that I find kind of cool 
is uh, so she sends me a screenshot of this. I'm not even in the group. I didn't even. I, I, I think I heard about it, but I really wasn't. Uh, whatever. Oh. I told her not to accept you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the cool things is uh, right right away I see uh, Ghost Gerbils profile pic. Like it's recognizable. Like oh, I know that pic. But then next to it, it doesn't say Gerbs. It's you know got my man's name. So I'm like oh okay. okay. Nice to meet you. Yeah, kind of interesting. Um, so I, one of the questions is, and I appreciate that this person, Ben, with a bunch of B's and a bunch of E's and three N's, uh, he calls you Bobby C, which I like to see. Uh, how did Bobby yeah. C learn about meditation, and what advice does he have for beginners? Well, shout out to old Benny, old Benny Blanco, go Ghosters, who... Uh, Finally wait, up wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, don't, I don't know that this question's from from the gerbil. Oh, well, he did pop up on my JPay regardless, and I was very glad to see it. So, uh, you know, he's up in the higher rotation of my favorite viewers. And uh, for no other reason than he's a, he's a British dude with a fancy accent that travels the world. <laughs> uh, he's a cool dude. I, 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 uh, I, I messaged him one time. I can only remember what it was about. But I called him the apparition hamster. <laughs> he feigned uh, outrage. <laughs> I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. I guess a hamster is a uh, is a less worthy mammal. Well, when I wrote him back, I wrote GG for Ghost Gerbil Allen, and in parentheses I said, "I don't know if you know who this is. If you're not, check him out. Um, maybe Google. Um, make sure the kids aren't around. <laughs> you know what I mean? And." Uh, yeah, I love, uh, love old Gigi. That's, that's what I'm calling him for sure from now on, Gigi Allen. And uh, by the way, in, in, in the perfect British nod to like, or, or passive-aggressive British way of being like, I think you got something wrong, he poses as a question, and he says, uh, in a witty way, he says, so what's the deal? Is this, basically what he's saying is, is it Constantine wire or concertina wire? Like, we got to get to the bottom of this. Which, as soon as he said it, I go, oh, dumb American, it probably is concertina wire. I just heard someone say Constantine wire in in level four, which everyone calls it. And I'm like, yep, that's what it is. And as soon as he said it, I was like, Jesus. And then uh, you could just picture him. I could just I could just hear him in his British accent, like politely putting it in the form of a question. But I think really he's like, hey, uh, I'm pretty sure it's Constantine wire. So uh, back to the actual viewer question, which was, um, what was it? <laughs> I forgot already. How did Bobby C. learn about meditation, and what advice does he have for beginners? Oh, yeah. we. Uh, my advice is I think there's uh, some episodes where I go back over, like, some of the beginning stuff, right? I learned about it um, because I'm half Korean, so it's just kind of in our brain when we're born. We just, at some point, we're drawn to it, and we know. Um, no, I was, like, learning about Buddhism and, and some of that stuff, and... I think the some of the people I looked up to would talk about meditation. So I, I was dabbling in the world. wasn't really fully. Um, the, uh, just quick advice is patience. Patience and brutal self-awareness and self-honesty and, and discipline with it, too. Read up on it, though. Polishing the Mirror by Ram Dass is a great one um, where, where he talks about meditation and stuff like that. And I think you can probably find an older episode that maybe we can have Mama C link to where I go over some of that, the puppy and all that stuff. Yeah, and and don't 
sit down and do it. It's not that big, you know, just, I, I need, and maybe this is me talking to myself. I'm, I'm trying to give myself advice here, but I make up excuses on not to do it or, oh, I'm too busy or I don't feel I'm a little hungover or what. Just sit, just plop down and do it. You get 10, 15, no. 20 minutes in and you'll, you're, you'll feel good. I mean, there's different areas. Sometimes they're better than others, but whatever. Mm. Well, I always have, I look at it like working out. I always have that initial voice that goes, nope, nope. Just whatever excuse you can come up with, and I've been through it enough, and that's why I say the discipline part, to push through it. Every time, nearly every time I don't want to do it, guaranteed every time afterwards I'm glad I did. It's the same way with working out. I'm like, eh, I can skip today. I just did three days in a row. But, you know, I think uh, I've said before, a, 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 a realized man or a realized woman, the difference between them being a, a realized, uh, an adult or a kid is, is uh, being able to push through that fuck it wall more times than they give into it. So you'll definitely have that with meditation. And like, like the old captain said, you know, push through that shit. The captain's a beginner too, Ben. So uh, shout out me and you on the same trajectory there. I do think I do think it's important to kind of learn some things about like where you, what your what the goal is and what you're trying to do and unravel. You know, separating your your ego, self-deceptive voice from your, your you know maybe your higher self, but check out Ram Dass. There's a couple of books out there. I mean, countless books about meditation and, uh, but, but, but the captain, well, Freddie Schnertz is right. Just do it. That That's more important than anything. Right. Well, if you can sit down in prison, even though you're going to look like a dork and people are going to clown you and it's loud and there's jarring noises all the time. And if you, if you can do that in there, then me alone in my bedroom, you know, when I get up in the morning, I, I, what, what's my excuse for not doing it? I didn't meditate. Yeah, I think it. I do think that without getting fully into it, that I think it's the most important tool in life. I, I do. I really stand by that. I think it's the most important thing you can do. So every important realization I had is some way linked to meditation. And the you know, so. There you go. All right. So uh, we got one more. This is the last uh, listener viewer question, then we'll wrap it up. This is from uh, Coscrap. Um, and Coscrap wants to know who, and this is a, this, this piques my interest. That's a good question here. Who is having the worst first time experience in the joint? An 18 year old street punk or a 55 year old man? 55. Good question. Beautiful, nuanced question that sets up the table for all kinds of things. A 55-year-old man who's never been to prison by far, bar none, hands down. First of all, the 18-year-old has tons of testosterone, really, really, um, unless they're like extremely introverted, wants to be sociable, wants to hang out, wants to kick it, wants to have fun, shenanigans, cards, dominoes, joint fraternities, all that shit. Though I'm not 50... You know, even in your like mid thirties, if you're paying attention, now there's 50 year old mentally children in here too that are just clowns. But if you're paying attention, you get appropriately jaded by life, I and mean, you're not exactly excited to be around a bunch of knuckleheads with no privacy and all. You know, I told the story about the teacher that got um put out for uh, cooking neck was his bunkie cooking neck. <laughs> we joked to mess with him a little bit. Like, Oh, old Dave, the teacher, was jerking off, you know, and uh, he had a disastrous time in prison. He was just a, a white bread, super square, 
you know, I think he was like 120% white, and uh, it was just a tough go for him, you know? And um, he wasn't a, other than performing oral sex on a 15-year-old, which, what a cuck, by the way, what a beta you are. Like, even the 15-year-old girl's like, no, 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 you're going to do this. You're not, you don't get to, I'm not doing anything to you, you don't get to. And uh, he had it terrible, and, you know, he was like a, what you'd expect from, like, a, a teacher in school. Minus the fellatio, <laughs> you know, he was just like, hi, how you doing? Not, you know, I told you when he got the viewers who listen that will know, like he got his TV stolen and he came to holler at me about it. And I'm like, get the fuck, what are you doing? And his shoes taken, he had to buy it back. And it was a disaster, much more painful and uncomfortable for the, for the older guy. That's never been in trouble. Who was it that found him in the middle of the night uh, wanking and woke everybody up and went nuts? DX. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was jerking. Guess who took his his spot? His bunk. GR hurts, hurts, hurts. Yeah. So it all worked out. But yeah, yeah. he was just uh, he was he hadn't even been down like a couple months, and he was having those like hand hands uh, head in his hands like Bobby. I mean, Chino. I don't. I can't do this. I don't know. How am I gonna? You know, he had like ten. I think he had like ten or two. He had like ten years. No, no, he had less than that because he came to level two. So he had like seven years or something like that. Ooh, wee. He has a tough bit, man. Those those seven years are going to be the end of him. That's just oh, they're going to feel like a lifetime. Mm, it's uh, uh, it, um, uh, my my empathy for him is a little bit um. Restricted. I mean, yeah. taking advantage of kids. I, 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 fuck you. I know. I know. I know. I understand. Um, that's like a hypothetical thing, though. But when you're seeing a guy who's like crying because his TV got so, or like his like his eyes are watering up because he doesn't know how he doesn't have the tools or the the cojones to go fight the guy to try to get his TV back and he just bought his shoes back so he's got a big V on his forehead for the victim and you're right there's like the karma karmic thing of like the tables have turned and it doesn't make it much easier to watch you know what I mean but uh you by that by this time I I've had, you have to learn to have an appropriate level of detachment where you're like if I was like broken up every time I saw something like this happen I will I would be having the type of bit he's having you know and uh yeah, it was a disaster. I mean, me and Joe would just just see him walk by out on the yard because he got to put in a unit and go, just uh, just having the toughest bit. Just it's a tough time for him, you know. So yeah, well, guy, I, and and you know, there's there's guys in here. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was just saying. I think with age, you you uh, like you were saying, don't you don't have as much testosterone. You're more well. You're more used to comfort and your routine. And then when all that's flipped upside down and you're in prison, you're like, what? what? It's probably the same way if you were older trying to join the military. You'd be like, oh, this uh, this was a bad decision. What, I, what am I doing in boot camp? This is, you know what I mean? But you're, when you're 20, eh, you, know, you could be uncomfortable. Which is why I believe they have a cutoff age. And, um, you know, he's also from a town where, like, no black people live in this town. Like, he, you know what I mean? His school he taught and I think maybe had like a couple. So just completely culturally, racially, just everything about prison was outside of his bubble. You know, he he would say all the time, I didn't grow up like you guys. I didn't grow up like you guys. And, you, and you know, I'm thinking like, well, I didn't grow up in like the hood, but 
then you realize that there's like levels of that shit. I did grow up around drugs and thugs and, you know, like stuff that to him would just blow his mind even. And that's not even on the level. You have one minute remaining. The stuff Neck went through. White Boy Rick and shit. All right. Good question. Good question. Uh, I also see guys real quick before we go that are 80 years old that come here for the first time and it's just like, oh, poor guy, let him go. But, uh, yeah, we got to... Uh, Wrap this up. Everyone go try to put a link to the um, the old Johnny Ringo versus Bobby C uh, podcast that Stanhope released. Um, help us spread this thing around. And you want to talk us out, walk us out? Jerber? Sure. On behalf of all those involved, we love you, Mama C. We go. We are gone. To learn more about Bobby and prison reform, go to notesfromthepen.com. This has been another Notes from the Pen production.